Uh, Jeremy's an attorney and has been with uh, Thompson Associates for uh, almost since the beginning, since uh, 2002, and uh, he's now senior vice president, uh, works from the national headquarters here in Nashville, and a uh, very seasoned attorney and uh, just a great representative of Thompson Associates and, and great speaker and uh, just does, does great things with his clients. And So, Jeremy, we are honored that you're uh, visiting with us today. Glad to be here. I uh, want to talk a little bit today about uh, something called IRD, or income with respect to the decedent. Um, and so, so could you just explain to us what an IRD is? Absolutely. Uh, IRD, as you said, is uh, any asset uh, that would be income, ordinary income, in the hands of the, the decedent if they were to take a distribution from that asset prior to, to passing away. So um, assets such as uh, traditional IRAs, 401Ks, 403B plans, TIAA CREF accounts, um, those are probably the most common form of IRD assets, all these tax-deferred retirement plans that are so common. When If the deceased person had been able to take distributions from those accounts, during their lifetime, they would have had to uh, include that as ordinary income on their tax return. That ordinary income element does not go away uh, when the person dies uh, and somebody else inherits those assets. Those new owners of the assets will have to continue to pay that ordinary income tax uh, that's been deferred on all of those assets. Now, there are other IRD assets as well that that typically have uh, less uh, of a built-in tax liability, such as U.S. savings bonds, tax-deferred annuities. There, there's typically some type uh, or some form of uh, after-tax basis in, in those assets, so you're not paying ordinary income on the full value of the assets. But on those tax-deferred retirement plans in particular, uh, typically the entire value of those accounts is all pre-tax money. So you're going to end up paying income tax on the full value of the assets held in, in those accounts. Well, that's great. And just to be clear, I mean, we we kind of uh, talk over the decedent part, but we're talking about someone that has passed away, the assets that they have when they pass away, right? That's correct. Um, so, you know, for example, if someone passes away, and they have an IRA account that they've, they've been saving for retirement with, and there's still assets in that account, then when they pass away, that, that asset is going to be transferred to someone else. It could be their spouse. It could be kids, grandkids, whomever. And those individuals will still have to continue to pay uh, the ordinary income tax on any distribution they take from that IRA account at their tax rate. Uh, now, a, a surviving spouse has uh, some similar rights in terms of deferring that income tax as the original owner had, but non-spouse beneficiaries, children, grandchildren, uh, and the like, do not have the same abilities that the original owner had to continue to defer that income tax. They have some options to spread out payments over their lifetimes if they so choose, but they've got to start paying some of that income tax back immediately upon inheriting those accounts, regardless of their age at the time. And that tends to be the, the kind of the critical time point when we really want to start looking at, at planning for those assets uh, from a charitable perspective. So when you do that, when you talk about talk, uh, planning for charitable 
what, what are you talking about? What are some options there? Well, the, the, the big issue is, for most people, this tends to be the sole tax issue that they have built into their estate. Uh, uh, under new estate tax law, uh, most people don't have to worry about paying any federal estate tax, at least. They may live in a state where there's some state estate tax. But due to the really high estate tax exemptions under current law, very, very few people have to worry about federal estate tax. So the one remaining tax liability that they may have, that, that their heirs may have to deal with when they inherit these assets, is any of this deferred income tax on these IRD assets. Uh, and so typically if, if somebody has charitable intent or they just have intent to avoid as much uh, tax as they possibly can, then this is the asset base that we want to focus on to make that gift at the least cost to the heirs. Uh, because when the heirs inherit those assets, they're inherently going to lose uh, a, a, a percentage, and it could be a very significant percentage of the, of the value of those assets in taxes. Whereas other assets that they may inherit, like life insurance proceeds, a house, cash, uh, other traditional investments, stocks, and, and things along those lines, there will be no tax liability. If the estate doesn't have to pay any estate tax, the heirs won't have to pay any income tax on those assets. So typically when we want to send those non-taxable assets to the taxable people, which would be the, the traditional heirs, uh, and we want to send the taxable assets, these IRD assets, to, to charity to fulfill the charitable intent and avoid the built-in income tax. And that tends to be a, a more efficient way of maximizing the impact that a person's estate can have. Uh, that, that makes sense. So, so how would how would somebody do that? Would they just put it in the will? Uh, there are a couple of different ways of, of, of going about it, but the the issue to consider is that for many of these assets, like traditional IRAs and 401ks, those are, are non-probate assets. Uh, and what that means is a will will not control where those assets are distributed by default. Uh, beneficiary designations that the owner of the account places uh, on those accounts ultimately controls where those assets are, are transferred and distributed at, at the owner's death. Uh, so, for example, I could have a will drafted that says, I want to leave everything to my uh, spouse, but if I have someone else listed as the beneficiary of my IRA account, such as my children or a charity or something along those lines, that IRA account is going to go to that designated beneficiary regardless of what my will says. That, that beneficiary designation uh, kind of trumps any, any language in my will. Uh, that will only controls assets that end up going uh, through the probate process, which the IRD assets typically do not. Now, that can be a planning issue, right? Uh, if I have charitable provisions in my will, it says, you know, I want to leave 10% of my estate to charity or I want to leave $100,000 to charity or whatever that charitable provision may be, what that ultimately means is that charitable distribution is going to come from an asset other than my IRA because the will cannot control how that IRA is distributed. Mm -hmm. So that charitable distribution will end up being pulled from cash in a savings account, from the sale of my home, some other asset that is not taxed. And the taxable asset, that IRA, may end up going to my kids. And again, that, that creates a scenario that is backwards from 
what is typically a more efficient scenario. That ends up sending the non-taxable assets to the kids who are taxable, and the taxable, uh, or to the charity, which is non-taxable, it ends up sending the taxable assets in the form of the IRD to my kids who end up having to pay tax on it, which tends to be less efficient. So what we want to do is figure out how we can get those taxable assets to end up flowing to charity to fulfill our charitable intent. Now, you can have provisions in your will uh, that make that distribution and instruct your executor to make those charitable distributions from any IRD assets and then name your estate as a beneficiary of those IRA accounts. However, there's been some recent uh, rulings and regulations that, that may not allow uh, the maximum tax benefit through that approach. The one way to make sure that those assets go to charity and the taxes built into those assets are, are, are completely avoided is to name the charity that you want to support as the beneficiary, the designated beneficiary of that IRD account. So for example, on my IRA, I might have my spouse as the primary beneficiary, but then I might list my favorite charity as the contingent beneficiary on that IRA account. So after my wife and I have, have uh, are deceased, whatever's remaining in that account will go to our favorite charity and all of the taxes will be avoided. That's, that's the most efficient and effective way of making sure that your charitable uh, contributions come from that account. Yeah, sounds sounds very very efficient uh, efficient way of giving to, to nonprofits after you're gone. Yep. So. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for this time. Very informative, and uh, you appreciate you taking the time. If if someone needs to contact you, uh, what would be the best way of doing that? Uh, they can reach me by email. Uh, it's typically the best way to reach me uh, due to my travel. That's Jeremy J E R E M Y at ceplan.com. Great. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Very informative. Thanks, guys.